0: Tonight's lesson deals with the subject, remember me, remember me. Now, a little over a year ago, I heard Greg Bell at the court congregation in the Tampa area preach this lesson. And so the idea comes from Greg. Sometimes I hesitate to say that as a preacher Not because I'm slow to give credit, but if it doesn't work well, that doesn't mean it's his fault. Uh, but, But in Genesis 8 verse 1, this phrase, remember me, or remember is used. God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth And the water subsided. God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah. Now, to remember someone, in this case, is to act on their behalf. To do something to rescue them or deliver them. But it is a very anthropomorphic expression. That word simply means to describe God in human characteristics. God remembered. It's not as if God ever forgot, but God remembers the sense that he begins to act on behalf of another. Look at another example of this kind of language in Genesis 19. You remember how Abram prayed, Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. He prayed for the Lord to destroy the city, for, for, uh, the Lord to salvage the city or rescue the city for ten righteous men. And in Deuteronomy chapter 19, uh, even at, or Genesis 19, excuse me, even after those ten righteous men could not be found, God still saves Lot from the destruction. In Genesis nineteen twenty nine, it came about when God destroyed all the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when He overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. God remembered Abraham. God is still gracious to him. God is still acting on His behalf by saving His nephew from the destruction. Of those cities. In Exodus 2, in verse 24, when God delivered the people from Egypt, it said he heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now we could give many, many more. Examples, But let's deal with one more before we get into our three or four main characters in the sermon tonight. Uh, in Psalm 25, verses 6 and 7. The reason I like this verse is it has the phrase, remember me, and it also has the phrase, do not remember. Both of them are used together in these verses. Psalm 25, verses 6 and and seventh, remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So it begs God to remember God's compassion, God's loving kindness. According to your loving kindness, remember me. Remember me, O God, according to your mercy, to your grace, your loving kindness, and your compassion. And part of God remembering us in these ways is for God to, in verse 7, remember not the sins of my youth. A line in one of the songs that we were just singing that Michael was leading us in. Do not remember the sins of my youth. And God not remembering our sins is an example of Him remembering His loving kindness and His compassion. We could go on much longer, but you get the idea. God remembering someone is to be gracious to him, them and to act on their behalf. Let's look at three instances of this in the next section of the lesson. Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel 1. A little bit of background. Hannah's husband is named Elkanah. And he has two wives, Penina and Hannah. Now, Hannah doesn't have any children, but Penina has children. And every year, they go up to the family, they go up to a yearly sacrifice at Shiloh. And when this yearly sacrifice took place, they would offer their peace offerings, And he gives a double portion to Hannah. Now, how do I know it's a peace offering? Because that was the only offering that the worshiper ate a portion of. He gives a double portion to Hannah. And every year was a demonstration of how valuable Hannah was to Elkan. Now, that... Infuriates Penina and she would provoke her because she didn't have any children. And Hannah was disturbed, but she goes to the house of the Lord. Look at verse nine. Hannah rose, Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was great, she was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And a razor will never come on my head, his head. So he says, remember me, Hannah says, remember me and do not forget your maid servant. Remember in verses five and six, if you look at the wording, the Bible says the Lord had closed her womb. Lord had closed her womb and she is crying out to the Lord for a blessing of a child. You remember as the story unfolds that this is the story where she, her mouth is moving, but she is not praying audibly and Eli sees this and Eli rebukes her. How long are you all going to be drunk as you come here to the assembly? And she says, I am not drunk, but I am pouring out my heart to the Lord and Eli says, may the Lord grant your request. The Bible tells us in verse 19, they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned again to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah had relations with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. In verse 20, what does it mean? It came about in due time after the Lord had conceived that she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel because I have asked him of the Lord. She asked the Lord, remember her, in verse 11, to give her a child. The Lord remembers her and the Lord gives her a child. She will go on to dedicate Him to the Lord all the days of His life, just as she promised. You may remember that Rachel, the wife of Jacob, had been barren. But two, when she had a child, it was said the Lord remembered her and heard her prayer. Genesis 30 verse 22, God remembered Rachel and God gave her, gave uh, heed to her and opened her womb. The recognition in both of these passages is the Lord is the one who gives children to parents that they are a blessing from Him and they saw His face and asked His help in the situation. And God graciously remembered her. Look at a second illustration. Samson in Judges 16. Samson's story is pretty well known. Samson was to be a Nazarite from his mother's womb. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But Samson did not live up to his high calling... Or all that God expected of him. And as a result, Samson got himself into trouble time and time again. Trouble the Lord delivered him from. And the Lord rescued him from. All through his life. For example, in Judges 16, Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. And went into her, and the men of that place surrounded the place, and they lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. And they, they closed the gates, and they said, we've got him locked in till morning light, and at morning light, we're going to kill him. Now he is disregarding the holiness that should have characterized an average Israelite. He has gotten himself into this problem by going to this immoral woman from among the Philistines. The Philistines have trapped him and Samson gets up at midnight. He pulls up the bars of the city gate, pulls it up, gate and all, and carries it to Hebron. Which would have been a journey by the way. Of about 40 miles. He got himself into trouble time after time after time, and God was gracious to him, God was merciful to him, God rescued him, but he doesn't ever seem to Doesn't ever seem to And Samson has a woman, Delilah. And the rulers of the Philistines pay this Philistine woman over a thousand pieces of silver if they will find out the secret to Samson's strength. And every time Samson says, this is the secret of my strength, every time Samson says that, she tries it. And she wakes him up and she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he gets up and he runs out the Philistines. Well, something It doesn't work. Now, it seems like, Samson, you're going to catch on to the fact. This woman doesn't have your best interest at heart. But not Samson. No. Samson tells her everything. All the secrets of his heart. And says, if my hair is cut, that I will be as weak as any other man. And Delilah knows Samson has told her everything. She calls the Lord to the Philistines. She said, come down and bring your money because he's told me everything that's in his heart. And they cut off all his hair. And when they cut off all his hair, she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He gets up and he says, I will throw them off like I did at other times. But he does not know. The Lord has departed from him. And they put out his eyes. This man who was constantly ensnared by his lust for women, they put out his eyes and he begins to grow the anneal. But his hair begins to grow. There is a great feast of the Philistines. Where they are celebrating before their God, Dagon, because our God, Dagon, has given our enemy, Samson, into our hands. And the Bible tells us that they said, Call for Samson and let us block him and make sport of him. And they called for Samson. But Samson says to the young man that is guiding him around, Please let me rest. Against the pillars on which this house stands. In verse 28. Samson called to the Lord. And said, O oh Lord. Please remember me. And please strengthen me just this time. O oh God. That I may be avenged to the Philistines. For my two eyes. O oh Lord. Please remember me. Now again, Samson's whole life. He has forgotten God. As a Nazarite, you were supposed to keep yourself from dead bodies. Do you remember a time in Judges 14 when Samson killed 30 Philistines and took their clothes off of them? He wasn't keeping his Nazarite bow. He was supposed to keep himself from dead bodies. He was supposed to keep himself from any product of the grapevine. And he was so supposed to not cut his hair. He violates, I think, all of these. And they are indications, plain statements about two, and an indication of another within the text. But Samson has forgotten God. But he's calling on God at his moment of crisis. Remember me. But I would suggest... The story of Samson is to some degree the story of the book of Judges. The entire book of Judges is about this. Listen to what Judges 3 7 said. In Judges 3, verse 7, the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherah. They forgot the Lord their God. When Samuel is reviewing Israelite history in 1 Samuel 12, he is talking about the period of the Judges. When he says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 9, they forgot the Lord... So he sold them into the hands of Sisera, the captain of the army of Hazor, into the hands of the Philistines, into the hand of the king of Moab. Over and over through the book of Judges, the people are forgetting God. But the people like Samson are begging God in times of crisis. Remember me. That is the story of Israel with the Judges. That is the story of Israel and that is the story of many of our lives. We forget him. We get ourselves into trouble. And we beg him. In our moment of trouble, our moment of crisis, remember me. You remember how this evening, as Samson pushes with all his might, and these two pillars on which the house rest come tumbling down, and the whole house. Is destroyed. Many of the lords of the Philistines are killed as Samson shouts, Let me die with the Philistines. He killed more Philistines in his death than he had in his life. Remember me. Let's look at one more instance. Open your Bibles to Luke 23. Luke 23 tells us Luke's account of the crucifixion. Can we ever hear this enough? Let's start reading at verse 32 and let's read through verse 38. We'll pause a moment. Two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the skull where they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left, Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by, looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself, Now, there was also an inscription above him, this is the king of the Jews. Let's go ahead and read verse 39. One of the criminals who was hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Now... The Bible says one of the criminals is saying that. From Matthew 22 and verse 44, or excuse me, Matthew twenty-seven forty-four. it's on the board. Matthew 27 44 and Mark 15 32, those passages tell us both of the criminals were mocking Jesus. Both of them. But as they were hanging upon the cross, Something changes for one of them. He comes face to face with his own morality, mortality, excuse me, face to face with his mortality and convinced of who Jesus is. And he is the only one who speaks up on Jesus' behalf there that day. In verse 40, The other answered, rebuking him, and said, Do you not even fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. This man has gotten himself into problems by his own sin. He's acknowledging that. Did you notice that? We are getting what we deserve. He is saying that of himself. He is saying that of the other criminal. We deserve this. But he points to Jesus, his innocence. He says, we are under the same sentence condemnation, but this man has done nothing wrong. He is innocent. We are guilty. He's innocent. And then he says in verse 42, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. He has come face to face with his own mortality. And he fears God. I want to tell you. I don't know how anyone could not. When anyone is told that death is near. When anyone knows in their body that death is close by. I don't know how you could not fear God. Nor did this man. Did you not fear God? We're getting the same thing and we deserve it. But he's done nothing amiss. And he says, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. At this moment, Jesus doesn't look anything like a king, does he? But this man believes. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. How does Jesus respond? When the crowd shouted and mocked him and taunted him, as far as the text goes, he doesn't say anything. But when this thing says, remember me, Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. The mercy, the grace, the compassion of Jesus is amazing. This man has wasted his life in sin, and now he is coming scampering home in the 11th hour or, we could say, at about 11:55. And Jesus says, today, you will be with me in paradise. I'm amazed. At God's mercy and grace, in each of these instances where He says, Remember me. I'm amazed at it. God told Israel in Numbers 15, verses 37 through 41, to wear tassels on their garments. And they were to wear tassels on their garments. To remember all the commandments of God. He says, remember me. God, people are calling on God to remember Him. But there are passages in the Bible where we see God doing things to teach us to remember Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which He was betrayed took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. There have been many times in my life that I have had to call upon God to remember me. A few times. I found myself in trouble for doing the right thing. A lot of times I found myself in trouble because I'd done the wrong thing and hadn't listened to Him. And yet, time after time, God has ultimately, not always immediately, but ultimately rescued me. And I know... When that hour of death seems to be drawing near, if I am given enough warning, that I will be begging Him to remember me. But He also asks us remember me. Remember me. And we partake of the bread which is His body, in remembrance of Him. We partake of the cup in remembrance of Him. We're remembering His words. Remember me. He's amazing to me. How even characters that aren't always portrayed positively, for shadow Jesus. For example, Samson was betrayed by one of those closest to him. Samson was bound by his own people in chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, and handed over. The Philistines. He was betrayed by one closest to him. He was bound by his people and turned over to the Philistines. He was ridiculed in his death. He was mocked and ridiculed in his death. And he dies among sinners to bring deliverance. As one post is on his right hand and one post of the house is on his left hand, he dies. To bring deliverance. It sounds much like Jesus, doesn't it? Oh, that wasn't to say Samson is a perfect illustration. Samson says, Lord, let me be avenged of my, the Philistines, from the Philistines for my two eyes in 1628, Judges 1628. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Samson made his own problems and God rescued him. We made our own problems and Jesus rescued us. The least we can do is to remember him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how awesome, how mighty you are, how compassionate you are, how you love us and are gracious toward us. Help us to stand in awe of you. What can we say? Except thank you for all the mercy you've shown us. And we pray that you help ever keep the memory of you alive in our hearts. So that we may constantly remember you and your mercy. Oh Lord, we pray that when the... Nearness of death becomes evident in our lives. That you hear our cry. To remember us. And bring us home to you. In Jesus name. Amen. I appreciate all that Mitch and Deborah did with giving a guide as far as uh, getting a Bible. Understand that our statement about handing out Bibles at Dollar Tree next week and having three at a time. If the only time you can come is sometime when there's just three people already signed up, come on in. Uh, it's inexact science as far as how many people would have there, Okay, We want you to participate. We wanted to help you and help others. A story that Nye Reaver, who preached much of his life in Texas and North Carolina told years ago. There was a Saturday afternoon in a Texas town. A man was in a parking lot of a grocery store, handing out a little track, encouraging people to come visit them at services, encouraging people to, to read it. The man was pretty quiet and unassuming, but but he was sharing his faith in Jesus. And he talked to a man for a while, and the man promised him, I'm going to read this when I get home. Well, when he got home, he put away the groceries, and immediately there were things that needed to be done and needed to be tended to, and he he forgot that promise. A year later, he remembered it when he looked on his dresser and there it was and he remembered the conversation with the man and he said to himself you know I promised him I was going to read it I'm going to do it he walks over to get it about that time the phone rings he never finishes his room 20 years later he is moving some things and he sees that track in the attic of their house. And he said, I promised that man I was going to read that and I've never done it. And I'm going to do it now. And he sat down and read it. And he said, this is what I need in my life. That next Sunday, he didn't know where to go to church. But he looked at the address of them. And the church was still there. And it was still meeting. And he met with them. For a few weeks. And suddenly. And was baptized. In Christ. You don't know why. A seed that sown today. May produce. In hopes of all of that. We see. To sow the seed, to hand out Bibles, to talk to people. We can talk more about it next week after services. If you want, if you think we can help, be glad. We encourage you to participate. Do you know your sin and your guilt? Have you gotten yourselves into problems by your own sin? And you know you need His mercy. If you do. And you want to call on the Lord to remember you tonight by listening to His will. Believing that He died and rose again, turning from your sins in repentance and being baptized in Christ. We want to help you as we stand and as we sing.